0: Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas, now joined by Eric Nadell. He's safely back from Toronto. Phone working, great, in great cell coverage. Good to have you back in the Metroplex. Eric, not exactly the way the Rangers have wanted to uh, open the season. It was a, a fun opening day uh, in a lot of ways, and boy, that, uh, that call the other day, getting to see uh, you know the the home run there to tie it up late. Um, the, Eric, that's a uh, that's that's an incredibly uh, with with Calhoun doing that in a pinch hit situation. What an incredibly exciting moment that was early in the season.
1: Yeah, it was outrageous. I don't know that anybody was expecting it, and it was just a reminder of you know how much power the Rangers have in this lineup. You know, Calhoun's a guy who's been batting ninth. He wasn't even playing that day. And he comes off the bench and hits the home run to tie the game. You know, unfortunately, it didn't lead to a win, but it was still a spectacular moment. And I'm sure everybody who was there is not going to forget that for a really long time.
0: Is it still completely weird to you? or Are you just used to it now? When they send the the, the runner out to second base, you get an extra innings. I I think some of us thought that would uh, go away. It, it's uh, do you do you have you just seen it so much that. Uh, that you're, you're somewhat comfortable with it now, or does it ever, like, it, especially at the beginning of a season, uh, almost catch you off guard a little bit?
1: I'm used to it, and I really like it. I was very disappointed when I first heard that they weren't going to continue it. And then, as it turned out, once they checked with the players, they found out the players have overwhelming support for putting the runner on second base. They don't want to play 18-inning games either. It, <laughs> it creates immediate drama. You're not just sitting around waiting for a home run and extra innings, which given the way the game is played now is what would happen. Um, now there's strategy. There's a guy on base. Immediately there's a scoring chance. I, I think it's phenomenally exciting. and Most of the games end in the 10th inning now.
0: Yeah, it sure seems like that. And then sometimes they'll get tied up even when they're down, you know down two runs. Rangers had that weird ending the other day, opening day the slide rule comes into effect. Uh, Interesting wording on, well, it wasn't a, quote, bona fide slide. Now, I I know you looked at that thing a million times. I've seen it a bunch. Um, It it looks like a lot of the slides I've seen for many, many years. I guess if you go letter of the law, um, in the moment – Eric, was there anything in that play that you kind of made a mental note like, mm, they're going to they're challenge this? What was your sort of immediate takeaway from, from calling and, and watching that play?
1: Well, you know, you're watching the play, and the throw to first got away, so, you know, you're following the base runner and the ball, and you're not thinking about second because it obviously wasn't anything flagrant where the, the runner went in and, you know, flipped the guy and then went flying past the base. You no, know, it was all borderline stuff, but you know, bona fide slide is now defined. You know, that's not just, you know, some vague concept. It's defined in the rule book now. And a bona fide slide requires you to stay on the base. And he did not stay on the base. So if that's the way you're gonna make the calls based on literally the letter of the law, then it was not a bona fide slide. It was an illegal slide. You know, he also made contact with the fielder. Um, and not down on the ground, which also constitutes a not bona fide slide. Both of the violations were tiny, but both were violations. And if you know if that's the way they're going to call them, just the way they're calling guys out now, if they come off a base, you know, for one millisecond in the course of a slide, and the infielder keeps the glove on them, then you're out. That's the way they're going to call it now. Then then they should do it all the time. You know, as long as they're consistent. And we'll wait and see. You know, the the point that was raised that I thought was a good one is, you know, if it's the seventh game of the World Series and it's the 10th inning, are they going to call that? I don't know. But if they're saying this is the rule and we're going to call it that way, then I guess they should or else rewrite the rule.
0: Yeah, they could be like the NFL and just constantly rewrite rules every off season. And uh, I know they do uh, tinker with things as well. I guess as a manager and Woodward spoke to this, you now have to go back early in a season and probably reemphasize with your players here is the rule and this is exactly what you have to be. And I I just think it's tough, Eric, to uh to undo um years and years of what these players have been cha- you know, uh been asked to do and coached to do to sort of and, and again we've seen it in other sports as well. You gotta you gotta you gotta do it. You gotta adjust to it. But it, it has to be tough. For the players, especially in such a bang-bang type fashion, to be thinking, "Well, I can't, you know, I can't leave the base, or I can't leave this path," it, it's uh, it's 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 a really hard thing, I would think, to uh, to process for them.
1: Yeah, you're right, Mo. It, you know, it's also really tough on the umpires. You mm-hmm. know, they're not used to calling that as an illegal slide, and the guys on the field actually didn't. You know, it was the guys in New York who, after watching a billion replays, you decided that yeah he came off the bench by how many inches or whatever it was. Um, it's hard on them too. Uh, talking to some you know former middle infielders in the last couple of days, you know they seem to have the feeling that this is an area where they should leave it in the hands of the umpires on the field to use their judgment over whether a violation is flagrant. And yes, it, it creates. It creates a judgment call, uh, but it also makes more sense than calling a double play on that play the other day. Uh, they would have to change the rule, and they would have to give the umpires you know, the authority to decide whether or not it's a flagrant violation. And that's the way it used to be, but they never seemed to call it. And now, you know, there probably would be a way of the league emphasizing to the umpires, you know, what to call and what not to call without getting into these minuscule little nitpicking things.
0: Yeah, it is. I uh, talked to Eric Nadell, Voice of the Rangers on ESPN Central Texas, the Matt Mosley Show. Uh, what do you think, Eric, of these uh, umpires being miked up, the entire ballpark can now hear them? Do you think, uh, you've known a lot of these umpires over the years, who will be the... Uh, who 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 will enjoy being mic'd up the most of uh of the uh, who are a couple of guys that come to mind?
1: I don't know. There's not that many now. There's you know there there really aren't any <laughs> flamboyant umpires anymore. Dewart Merrill's gone, and Ron Luciano and uh, Emmett Ashford, guys who who really clearly were having fun out there. Um, I think the umpires <laughs> over the years have been encouraged to stifle their personalities, and they're probably not real happy about you know, having to make these announcements, but I'm glad they're doing it. You know, I wish there were a little more detail. You know, I wish the umpire the other day had said it was not a bona fide slide because and gone on to say he came off the base. You know, that would have been even more helpful. But at least we know what's being appealed and we know what the decision is, whether the call has been confirmed, overturned or stands, which means that, you know, they're not really sure. So they're going to let the call on the field stand.
0: Yeah, I wish they would let them talk to you during it. You know, like kind of have a have a back and forth and we can all like interview. you can. <laughs> That's right. Just a little sidebar all of a sudden and you get to ask a couple of follow-ups. I would like that. You know, they have the pool reporter. Uh, uh, but, I, you know, I'm curious, um, uh, Eric, the – uh hearns performance the other day a, a lot of people that was a, kind of exciting to get to see the hometown guy go out there uh lots of family there I, I saw his sister was down on the field before the game i would think there's a you know quite a bit of pressure to that boy worked in and out of trouble certainly we'd like to see him be able to go further in for in, into the game or farther um, but but I think you have to be impressed how he jumped around all that traffic and, and, uh, and then with the strikeouts. What was your sort of overall takeaway from, from that first start?
1: Yeah, I agree. You know, he, you don't want him to allow that many base runners all the time, but the fact that he was able to stay calm and make good pitches with people on base, you know, that was very, very encouraging. You know, the fact he only went four innings, well, that's what most pitchers are doing right now because they're not stretched out um, eventually he'll get to throwing five and six and hopefully seven innings. But for a first outing, you know, with all of the, the opening day jitters at home, uh, all the extra adrenaline, uh, I think he did an amazing job. And as for his sister, she's awesome. You know, she's the sports director at the CBS affiliate in Wichita Falls. Uh, uh-huh. He asked a great question in the media session. And, uh, I think uh, I think she's probably on a rocket to stardom too. These these are very intelligent um, young people. They're they're fabulous. You know, I had a chance to meet Robin uh, before she even went down to the field, and I couldn't believe how calm she was. Honestly, she was excited, had a huge smile on her face, but she was pretty uh, pretty calm too, which to me was just completely unreal.
0: Yeah, that is so interesting, and uh, now I'm going to have to kind of watch for her and, and see how she does, uh, but that's uh, that was fun to see her down there. What a thrill that had to be uh, for two talented young people, of the same family. Uh, Eric, for people that are wondering, okay, they paid a half a billion dollars for these guys, um, I, anything, Simeon off to a slow start, I think it's two hits, maybe 24 at-bats, um, any, any concern from you there, or does he look to you like, I mean, obviously, when you're paid that much and when you're a leader, you desperately want to perform. It, it, uh, we're extremely early, though. Where, where are you, and what are you seeing from, from, uh, from Simeon so far?
1: Yeah, it's five games. Honestly, I can't tell. You know, you pull any five-game stretch out of the middle of a 162 mm-hmm. season, and there are going to be times that a really good hitter goes two for 24. You know, the fact that it happened at the start of the uh, start of the season, you know, there's so much more focus on it. And, you know, that happens all the time. You know, you look at the guys who are off to the fast five-game starts. You know, they're not necessarily going to keep it up. It's just a, a five-game chunk, and it's mm-hmm. probably less indicative than any other five-game chunk because the guys still don't have their timing. They had a shortened spring training. You know, they're not where they normally would be in terms of how they're seeing the ball. You know at any you know normal stretch of the season
0: all right and and then what is the in your mind even though it was one in four start what's the most um, positive development you've seen so far if, if if fans are kind of looking for that silver lining looking for a reason to think they'll they'll get this thing going what uh what stands out to you the most
1: well dane dunning pitched really well and so did Taylor Hearn. You know, these are the two young guys who really have to come through if the Rangers are going to have a chance to contend. You know, they have the two veteran starters in Martin Perez and John Gray. But if this team is going to go anywhere, you know, Dunning and Hearn have to take the next step forward. You know, they both had decent first full seasons in the big leagues last year, uh, and they, they've got to get better. And all signs at this point are that they're going to get better. The other thing is, is – the approach that Mitch Garver is showing at the plate, you know, he's averaging close to six pitches per plate appearance, and it sets a great example, you know, for everybody else in the lineup. You know, to see him doing that and also having a lot of success, that combined with Adolis Garcia no longer swinging at everything, you know, those two things are the things that make me most encouraged about the Ranger offense.
0: Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if they kind of settle into a lineup here because you've had different leadoff hitters and and uh all of that is interesting. And uh now I, I was curious, we got cut off last time. I was asking you about Martin Perez and we were talking about like how it was when he was kind of the young phenom and he got his extension and all of that, and I think it was extremely important to him because of what was going on in his home country at the time. Um, what What is he like now? You're, you've been around him since he's been back. Does he seem like a, a way – I mean, he was kind of a, a fun – uh, pretty mature young guy, uh, especially with you know what he was trying to convey. I just thought he was a great guy to talk to, even as a youngster. What what? Uh, how does he strike you? And what what seems the uh, to have changed the most about him? You know, as he's had several year more years under his belt.
1: You know, he really is. He really has matured. Um, it, it's like talking to a different guy. You know, he's he's calm. He's thoughtful. Um, I think he'll be a, a real positive influence on the pitching staff, you know, he now that he's been for two other teams, you know, he's had input from a variety of pitching coaches, a variety of veteran pitchers, and I think he's going to be a stabilizing influence. He actually seems to me to be a lot older than just 31. You know, it was it seemed real surprising the other day when it was his birthday and we realized he's only 31. You know, he's been in the Dick league <laughs> for 10 years.
0: Yeah, yeah, that that is—it's uh, amazing to think back. And uh, yeah, only thirty-one. Which it, with pitchers, you never know—he could have six or seven years left. Uh, but uh, but this is going to be uh, this is going to be fun. And uh, how's the? Uh, by the way, the 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 ballpark, the opening day, and everything—just the uh, the atmosphere out there. I know they wanted maybe a little bit uh, uh, bigger crowd. Uh, I think that was listed at about oh, right around thirty-six. But uh, pretty uh, atmosphere-wise, was it, um, other than them losing, obviously, how was it?
1: It was it was pretty normal for an opening day. You know, it, people, yeah. people were really into it. You know, you wondered with the lockout, you know, whether things would feel different, whether fans would be down or, you know, not really interested. But I haven't really seen any signs of that as yet.
0: All right. Um, well, Eric, always... Uh, Always fun to uh, catch up with you. Good to have you back in the States and we uh, look forward to uh, hearing you as the Rangers try to kind of dig themselves out of a little early hole. And by the way, the Angels aren't the easiest uh, team to, to do that against, but uh, uh, that's a uh, that's a fun lineup and Shohei, I mean, uh, shows up. Do you do you kind of get stoked? You've seen this guy now quite a bit, but do you still get into uh, getting to watch him in person? Does that still get, kind of get you fired up?
1: It does. I'm really looking forward to tomorrow. You know, he's he pitched four times against the Rangers last year. And every time he pitches, it's something special. You know, you hope your guys are up to the challenge. You wonder which guys will be. You want to see what Otani does as a hitter on the days that he's pitching. Um, And it's something to look forward to. It really is like a special event. So, you know, I encourage people to come out tomorrow. You don't know how many times he will actually pitch here. Um, this year, but uh, the maximum would be three, and at least we're getting the first one.
0: Yeah, it'll be it'll be a lot of fun, Eric. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Mo. Nice talking to you. Yeah, great talking to you. There he goes, Eric Nadell, the uh, Hall of Famer and uh, the uh, longtime Rangers, the voice of the Rangers. You can hear him uh, on our affiliate, of course, uh, ESPN Central Texas, and does such a such a wonderful job and kind of. Is the voice of calm in uh, when when the Rangers get off to a rough start like this? I think uh, I think that's healthy, Aaron. To um, you know, after five games, to not oh man, Simeon's two for twenty four, and this guy's that, and this guy's. Um, I think it's good to hear that. I just think when you already have a team that you don't think is going to challenge for first in the division, you want them the only time where you feel like you can kind of stay connected with the division is early in a season.